the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Have you been tapping into those superpowers lately? I told you a while back we'd come back to this because, you know, out here in sunny San Diego, we have this huge convention where people come out and they display their version of superhero, you know, and hey, they have other types of uh, representation. But nonetheless, most people like to be in the costume of what I call their superhero. Who's yours? I know for my mom, it is Superman. I call him the OG. And then for me, it's Wonder Woman. What about you? Oh, I'm not really into that. Okay, fine. Watch this. If you're a Christian, and even if you're not, my favorite people. What? Yeah, we can talk about that another time here on Carrying the Burden. Not carrying it. It's not a load. Cast your cares to Jesus because he does care for you. Yes, that's where the show concept comes from. But most people carry their burdens. Oh, wait, I'm so confused now. What is this show about again? The caregiving show? Well, that's what they branded it as, and I'm fine with that. But the revelation I had is that most people don't care. (laughs) And when I got that revelation, it hit me really hard, and it hurt. And I said, but why, Jesus? Why? Because we were all born in sin, Lorraine. Oh, I said that to myself. Yeah, I was an only child. So I Got it. I get it. We're naturally selfish. I had a discussion with a millennial yesterday about their perspective on why is it that there just seems to be such humongous gaps in the generations as to how we perceive and receive information. Now, that was the front part, but the end part was also transmitting information as well. That's normal for each decade. We started out with music, but then we got into the personal matters, like why people are so, why why are people so evil? <laughs> Just why? Because see, sometimes we only look at evil as the bad that we see on TV or this, you know, kind of thing where people are only bad when they murder or destroy and when they do these deeds that just don't make sense. But every day people do deeds that don't make sense to me, like cut me off in traffic, and I have to forgive them right then and there. Otherwise, it's called road road rage. Yeah, road rage, that's what it's called. I try not to do that because I always say, I don't know where they're trying to go, but they're trying to get there and fast. Ooh, let them go. And that's what I have to do. I try. I really do. And then... You know, sometimes people don't think praying works, but that's one of your superpowers. Prayer. Even in road rage, you're supposed to pray. That's what I said, even in road rage. See, the Bible says to pray in all circumstances, but we don't. 
We get upset. We get offended. We get an attitude is what I call it. I know I'm quick to get one, and I have to work on my next superpower often, and that's forgiveness. Now, here's the thing. These superpowers are something I can conjure. I will reign, not by myself, but with the power of the Holy Spirit, that's the Lord, as in the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Yeah, that one, because I have to make it really clear around here. Hey, I'm talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah that came and died for my sins on the cross. Yeah, that one. I'm not waiting for him to come. I believe he came already, died on the cross, shed his blood for my sins, and everything that I do wrong, it gets right. Yeah, it's made right. Yeah. Now, that sounds complicated for some, but it's easy for me because I'm a believer. Most people choose not to believe, or like in the discussion I had with the millennial, because I'm Gen X. Yeah, I'm Gen X. Yeah, most of us choose these days what we want to believe. The generation that I came up in, it was kind of imposed that you believe what your parents believed, what your family believed. It was pretty much a subtle imposition. Yeah, this is what we believe and this is how we do it and this is the way we do it and that's that. But if you were somewhat of a rebel, uh, yeah, that didn't sit well with you. And usually people that were rebellious when they were kids, they usually turn out to be a little rebellious when they're older. Even if they're mindful, respectful, they've got that tug of rebelliousness like, yeah, whatever. And see, yeah, whatever leads you right into apathy. But if you're a caregiver, uh, yeah, that caregiver show thing I was telling you about earlier, you have to care. You cannot be a caregiver and not care. Or can you? Actually, you can. There are people that do it every day. They get paid and everything. A paycheck, real money, they sure do. And they don't care about the person for whom they're caring. But what about the people like me that didn't get a paycheck for 17 years? Yeah, not for caregiving, I didn't. Mm -mm. So now what? Are you supposed to care? Mm, Ah, well, it depends on who you are. So you have to ask yourself, because most people do not do this often enough. Who am I these days? Have you checked in with yourself? Do you know who you are? Most people don't. Most people refuse to talk to themselves because they think it's a a stereotype. We'll call it that. Yeah. See, when I was a kid, I told you, I was an only child, so I talked to myself often. I set my stuffed animals up in the room strategically so we could have gatherings and That's what you do when you're five and you don't have anybody to play with. Hey, that's how it goes. But what I realized about my life is it made it so much easier for me to interact, to think, to be strategic, to analyze without total judgment, assumption, condemnation. Uh Uh-oh, that sounds like that church stuff. It sure is. See, the church stuff is technically the Bible stuff, and the Bible stuff is not carried by the building. So, when's the last time you've been to the building? Oh, you went a few days ago? Oh, you're going tomorrow if you live. Yeah, okay, fine. But that's not the church stuff. The church stuff I said is the Bible. The edifice is not the Bible. You're the Bible, not the book on the table. It's just words printed in a book, just like any other book. So, how does the Bible become the Bible itself to people? Jesus said they will know that you are the Christian by the love you show to each other. So if you're a Christian, 
Notice contingency. We're big on that here on carrying the burden. Everything is contingency-based because you don't have to. You don't have to do anything. Think about it. You don't have to care. You don't have to share. You don't have to love. You don't have to forgive. But see, we that went to church and heard the sermons and the preachers and our grandmas, they told us these were the things that we had to do. But I told you, if you were a rebel, it might have been hard for you. You might have struggled with that. But here's the thing, rebels. You weren't the only one struggling. There were other people that were struggling, too. They just didn't struggle the way that you struggled, rebel. So watch this. There are people now 59 years old, and they're still holding on to resentment from 12 Why? Because they refuse to humble themselves. (gasps) Humility, a superpower. Yes. See, it puts you above the situation, above the person. Actually, when you humble yourself, although you know you were right, they were wrong, or you know they did you dirty, and you know it. Everybody saw it. But why hold the grudge? Let it go. Humble yourself. Ooh, you know what? They were wrong. Yes, they were. You're okay now. Why? Because you're going to forgive superpower and you're going to let it go, humbling yourself. Because the Lord said that when you do that, he will lift you up. Sometimes people think that's only emotional. It's not. It's not mental. We are spirits. If you're listening to this show, this is a Christian-based show. God is a spirit. You can't see him according to my Bible. It has words in it that actually endorse that. No, but yet we believe in a God we can't see, as do many people. But then there are people that have gods they can see. They look like statues in some cases. Some people have them actually on shelves mounted. Some people carry them in their purse. I just know this. I heard a lady say on social media that if someone makes the sign of the cross, that is a prayer. And I had to contemplate that because I went to a private school. For those of you that listen regularly, you know it was parochial. And I said, eh, eh, eh. And I got stuck because I said, is it, is the sign itself the sign of the cross? Me taking my hand, uh, usually the right hand is the way it's taught properly, going to my forehead, then taking my hand from my forehead after I touch it to my heart, and chest area, touch my chest, and then go to my left shoulder, and then to my right shoulder, touching each of those. That's a prayer. That's what the lady said, that the actual movement itself is the prayer. And I had to differ. Now, what about you? I really want to hear what you think. Connect at LorraineCarroll.com. That's my email address. That's where you get to let me have it. You can go off. You can tell me where I'm wrong, where I'm right, where you agree, disagree, or you just want clarity and understanding. That's fine. Email me, connect at LorraineCarroll.com. Now, here's the thing. After I thought about it, I said, no, lady, I'm sorry. I can't agree with that because I have a Bible that tells me and teaches me what prayer is. It's in Matthew 6. And Jesus didn't tell me that the sign of the cross is a prayer. Now, if you found that in the Bible somewhere, let me know. In the meantime, I have Matthew 6, 6 chapter now we're talking. And remember, that 6 chapter is a part of a big, big sermon. I tell people all the time, 
Uh, Jesus didn't preach a lot of stuff that the preachers are preaching uh, in the pulpits, on the streets. No, no, he didn't. So what did he preach? Well, you can start in Matthew 5 and read along until you see where he stopped. After that big gigantic sermon, they call it, on the mount, you don't really hear about a lot of sermons from Jesus because Jesus had work to do. Uh Uh-oh, watch out now. Don't be offended, pastors, preachers. Preaching takes work, but Jesus had other things to say when the people approached him, usually by way of an analogy or what the Bible calls parables, stories. He'd give people a story to think about and consider. So when you go to Matthew 6, the people wanted to know, hey, man, I want to pray like you. Yeah, like, how do I do this? And he gave them words, not a sign. He said, in this manner, you should pray. And he gave them words. Now, I understood the sentiment of the lady. I I did respect her values, but I just respectfully disagree. That's not how I see it. That's not how I believe it. Your words are powerful. You are a spirit in a body. And like I've told many people, when we go to funerals, we see bodies without a spirit. And that's tough. It's almost mysterious. For some of us, it's strange. For some of us, it's creepy. It just depends on your background. And then for other people, hey, it's money because that's their industry. Think about it. But at the end of the day, our bodies will disintegrate. That's what our Bible says. And return to the dirt. Now, it doesn't say ashes to ashes, dust to dust. That's not a scripture. If you want to challenge that, just let me know. Connect at LorraineCarroll.com. Now, your superpowers, what we're talking about here, prayer, it's a superpower. Most of us don't pray except maybe once a day. The Bible says pray without ceasing. And I was so literal growing up. I get it now, Jesus. Yes, there's a lot of times I'm just walking down the street praying. I'm in my car praying. I'm in the grocery store praying. See, some of us take prayer so seriously that we feel that it has to be uh, in a certain posture. And don't get me wrong. I reverence the Lord heavily, honor the Lord heavily. I respect posture in prayer. I do. But sometimes I don't get a chance to get into the postures that I would let's say, need to be in for some people to see my prayers as respectful. Sometimes I've just got to say it to the Lord right where I am, the situation that I'm in, sometimes right in front of people that I'm speaking with. I need to hear from the Lord, and I tell him, Lord, I need to hear from you right now. What do I say? To this person who's opposing me, seemingly a threat, an enemy, who's telling me some things maybe I don't even want to hear and don't like, what do you do? You pray. Men should always pray and not Faint, meaning don't give up, don't quit, don't get an attitude, don't walk away angry and upset, and then talk about them after you walk away. But instead, pray right then and there. As they're talking to you, yes, because in that moment, they feel like your enemy. Remember, it says, pray for your enemy. Same sermon, Matthew 5, 43, yes, start in there. Matthew 5, 43, that'll help you out. If you would just pray, you will tap into your superpowers. So when you're feeling weak, when you're feeling distressed, when you're feeling distraught, hurt, offended, angry, bitter, calloused, yes, because these are the feelings that happen when you care. 
caring is a feeling. It is. But sometimes it's not enough. Wait a minute. Whoa. No, it's not. Because what if I care with a bad attitude? What does that look like? How might, how might that feel? Let me take my own time with that one because I try to be the recipient of what I do. How would I feel if what I just did or what I just said was said to me and it makes me pull back and have a seat, meaning in my spirit, the part of me that only the Lord sees and that I know of because you can't see my spirit. Spirit, except my live body, that lets you know I'm alive, my spirit. Because remember, I said a dead body, the spirit has separated. But you don't know my mind. Aha, we're moving somewhere. So you're talking to me. I'm a spirit. I'm talking to you. We're clashing. We're not getting along here. What's going on? We're not on one accord. So what happens when you're not in agreement with someone? You humble yourself. Remember, superpower. You pray superpower, all these things at the same time. Yes. And sometimes even in the situation that you're in right in the moment, you just have to have mercy. Remember that? Like some people like to wrestle. I know the guys when I was growing up and then they'd holler out mercy, mercy. That meant, okay, that's enough. I've had enough. Quit. Stop. Right. Sometimes you need to have mercy on other people mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and then you need to pray. Then you need to ask the Lord for forgiveness. Superpower. Woohoo. Not only do you need to get it from the Lord, but you need to give it to others. Because that's what he said to do. Because he said, um, yeah, I don't know that I want to hear about you and your forgiveness needs. Why don't you check in to others first? And then I'll check into yours. That's what it says. Now, it's not verbatim. It's the Lorraine translation. Yeah, it's the way I read it and interpret it. You can read it for yourself. Remember that big sermon I told you about in Matthew? Yep, Matthew 5, 6, 7. Go ahead, read it. In the meantime, forgiveness is a superpower. Most of us hold grudges. We take them into the next day. The day that's full of new mercies, we sure do. We won't forgive because why? We're arrogant, which is first cousins to pride And pride goes before what? Uh Uh-huh, your setup, your destruction, your demise. Oh, wow. Yes, it will happen. See, arrogance and the Bible in the Old English will say haughtiness. It gets you in trouble. The opposite of pride, proud, is being humble, taking the humble road and saying, you know what? I don't know everything. Well, maybe they're right. Well, you know what? I know I'm right, but you know what? It's okay. I'm going to let it go. Yes, that's a form of humility. Yes, letting it go. Yes, that's a form of humility. Absolutely. So how do you do that again, Lorraine? First of all, you acknowledge that you're being proud. (laughs) That's the first step. Acknowledge the problem. It's so quicker to get to the seat of humility if you can realize that you need to get there in the first place. How do you get there? Acknowledging that you need to be humble. And how do we find that out? When we're in a situation of opposition, someone telling us what we don't agree with, what we don't like, what we don't respect, but we say, you know what? I'm going to be the bigger person here. That's what I tell myself often because I'm a good little Christian. That's what my mom says. But for us good little Christians, what does that mean, good little Christian? It's just a stereotype my mom made up for people that act like Christians are supposed to. (laughs) So 
In other words, we try to live by the Bible creeds. We try to remember what they say, and then we try to act like the Bible, not like the church people, not like the fakeness that we see on Sundays. Ah-ha. Hi, hi, brother, hi, sister. And then, you know, we know we don't like them. So we're doing this fake thing instead of saying, hey, I care about you. I want to talk to you. I have a misunderstanding and I need your help. And we pull them aside and talk to them. Who does that? Nobody. Hardly. Well, most people. But Christians are supposed to because if you have a disagreement, if you have a misunderstanding, if you have a judgment against someone, you're wrong. You're wrong. And the superpower comes in when you're the strong one. Because why? The Bible says the strong do what? Bear the infirmities of the weak. Now, that sounds so British. No offense, Abby. But hey, that's a friend of mine from London. But look, the strong ones, the Bible says, are to hold up, to carry, yeah, the weak ones. Carrying the burdens doesn't mean that I have to be the strong person and carry their burdens. Here's where Jesus comes in. So if I choose to be the strong one here, we say, take the high road. Okay, I took the high road. Now what, Jesus? He says, okay, now give it to me. Oh, that's where we fail. We don't give it to the Lord. He said, cast your burdens. Hello, people and their attitudes and their offenses and the way they treat us. Those are burdens. We wake up angry. We wake up upset, anger and being upset. Two different scenarios and categories for us, mentally, emotionally, and they affect us differently. Yeah, when all we had to do was let go, forgive, let it go, talk to them, get an understanding, or just be the stronger person. Most people are the weaker person. Yes, most people take the weaker route. Most people take the route of what? Weakness. I prefer to be weak and not tell you my truth because truth does what? Make you free. So at the end of the day, if I'm free, then I'm not bound by you and your funky attitude and the way you talk to me and the way you made me feel. No, I allowed that to happen. Why? Because I didn't take the seed of humility. I took the seed of pride. And because I took the seed of pride, I did not forgive you when you offended me. And moreover, I didn't even come talk to you like the Bible says to do when your brother offends you. Brother just means the people you know. Look, they don't have to believe what you believe and all that. But hey, your neighbor next door, literally where you live, sure. The person that you work with, absolutely. People in your family, yes, you need to talk Get an understanding, be the stronger person, make the initiative. Sometimes it requires coffee. Sometimes it requires cake. Hey, whatever works for you. But come to the table and just talk it out. And a lot of times we'll find out we just made a lot of assumptions. And assumptions are usually based in lack of truth. See, it's my version versus your version. And who's right, who's wrong? Yeah, that doesn't matter. At the end of the day, when you're a good little Christian, you decide, even if they're right, I'm going to let it go. And when you give care to people, you have to let it go a lot because people oftentimes don't realize there are people that need care that are mentally disabled, not just physically disabled. They're not able to be at their best, not able to be in their right mind, not able to have discernment, not able to be polite to you, the one giving or providing 
their care, their needs. So they do become a little harsh, a little mean, a little offensive. Absolutely. So the person providing the care, which is love, most of all, has to pull back and say, you know what? I'm going to let that go. That's a form of forgiveness. And that's a superpower. Now you don't need a costume because you're walking in the things that the Lord called you to. You're walking in the things that the Lord said that you could do, be, and have. What are the things that you can do, be, and have? Thank you. The things, yeah, that you can do, be, and have. Thank you, Lord. Oh, it's real simple. Okay, I already have it. Thank you, Jesus. What is that? Faith. Now, faith is the basis of what you hope for. I hope I don't knock her out before the end of the day. Whoa, that's a little harsh. But there are people that feel that way. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, that's a prayer? Yes, that's a prayer. Now, the sign of the cross, hey, email me. Let's talk about it. Connect at LorraineCarroll.com. But thank you, Jesus, is a prayer. And what are you thanking him for? That I didn't knock that person out? Yes, thank you, Lord. Got it. Sometimes just saying thank you in your spirit to the Lord is a superpower. In addition to a prayer. Why? Because it's the actual Bible. In everything he said, give thanks For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Concerning you. Yes, he's talking about you. The one providing care. The one that has to share the care by choice now. Because he didn't make you. You choose to be a good little Christian. You choose to love. You choose to forgive. You choose to say, you know what? I was wrong. You choose to ask the Lord to help you. Which superpowers are you going to check into today? Let's see. I would start with love. It covers a multitude of sin. Mm. Then maybe forgiveness. I don't know. That forgiveness is pretty powerful. Maybe try giving. Try that one. Remember we talked about that. Give and it'll be given unto you. You have some deficits, shortcomings, needs, right? So maybe give what you want instead of looking for somebody to give it to you. Try love, though. Remember, it covers all. You've been listening to Carrying the Burden with me, Lorraine Carroll, right here on KPRZ, 1210 AM, sunny San Diego. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com. <laughs> 